0: Hello, friends. This is Candace Estave with Autism One Media. Today, my guest really needs no introduction, and he's going to help us through this IEP uh, issue that we have going on right now with our families. Good morning, Rick Rollins. How are you? Hi.
1: How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: So, um, Rick, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you've been so active in the autism community? For how well, many years now, 44 years?
1: Long, A, lo- a long time, thank you. Uh, f- first of all, I want to say uh, I, I'm uh, very pleased to be a uh, guest on your show and hopefully uh, folks uh, who are listening will uh, gain some insight into some of the issues that, that we're facing, uh, that families face every day. And, of course, in these trying times that we're experiencing right now, many uh, challenges have uh, raised their heads in our world. Uh, uh, the good news is, though, I think most most family members and people uh, who uh, deal with uh, children with autism, regardless of their age, uh, this isn't our first rodeo. Uh, all of us have been through lots of challenges with our children and uh, will continue to. So I think we're well prepared uh, emotionally and um, uh, spiritually and uh, practically to deal with uh, this uh, this crisis was the coronavirus. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, my name is Rick Rollins. Uh, I'm a, a parent of a soon-to-be 30-year-old son with autism. Russell uh, graced the cover of Newsweek magazine back in the year 2000. It was the first time that uh, Newsweek had done a cover story on autism, became the number one all-time best-selling newsstand edition of of, uh, Newsweek ever, and continues to hold that record. And I think that clearly uh, points to the uh, interest uh, in uh, in in autism and uh, the autism epidemic. Um, I worked in the California State Senate for 23 years. I was the Secretary of the Senate. I resigned my position in the end of 1996 in order to do more work uh, for advocacy for for autism issues. Uh, I cur- currently uh, and have for the last 22 years uh, been a lobbyist in Sacramento uh, representing the regional centers, uh, also the Autism Business Association, I've represented uh, the Brain Injury Association, uh, CARD, a uh, number of different providers on the autism side, and uh, of course the 21 not-for-profit regional centers that provide services. Uh, and supports people and um, with, for clients and families here in California. I'm a co-founder of the UC Davis Mind Institute, uh, co-founded the FEAT organization here in Sacramento. Have a, a long list of um, uh, of activities uh, over these last couple decades since my son was uh, diagnosed at the age of two uh, with uh, full syndrome DSM-4 autism. Uh, I continue to um, uh, serve as a as a, a parent advocate. Uh, and at the same time representing the developmental disabilities com- uh, community, both autism providers and the, uh, the system that provides 350,000, pro- provides services and uh, supports the 350,000 Californians with autism, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and intellectual disabilities.
0: Now, it's and a crew of just a few people Um, that we get to have ABA privately funded services in our home for our kids. So thank you so much for that.
1: Well, thank you. It was a a great effort. Uh, I take great pride in my part in that. Uh, uh, I was not the only person, of course, involved in that process. We had a a whole legion of of family uh, advocates uh, and uh, professionals in our system that uh, basically uh, uh, saw SB 946 by uh, now mayor of Sacramento, Darrell Steinberg, but at the time he was the president pro tem of the Senate. And uh, that uh, mandate bill uh, is the strongest legislation in the country. Uh, that requires the health plans to, uh, private health plans to treat autism as a medically necessary uh, service. Uh, the, the, our uh, our uh, mandate here in California has no age limit on it, uh, so ABA can be provided. In fact, my son continues to receive ABA at the age of close to 30 years old. Um, and uh, also no cap on benefits um, uh, from the health plans. Right after that happened, uh, we went to uh, the state and took advantage of the expansion of Obamacare here in California and got Medi-Cal to cover uh, ABA services. So now families uh, who are not regional center clients, for instance, but still have a child on the autism spectrum, have access to uh, ABA services for younger children uh, up to the age of uh, 18 uh, on the uh, Medi-Cal side.
0: That's awesome. So Rick, today I want to talk a little bit about the IEP. Is it alive right now?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're, we're in these troubled times here where everything's shut down and including schools. And uh, so a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I, I sort of look at this in kind of a very simplistic way as sort of a grenade being thrown into a box of popcorn and everything just sort of Blown up, uh, uh, systems that have taken decades to, to put in place, um, folks not able to do their jobs, other than do what they can at home, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, adjustments going on for everyone in everyone's life. And uh, I can tell you, for instance, at the at the regional center system, the, the service coordinators that each client who is uh, has, who is a member of the uh, regional center system has an assigned service coordinator, and those service coordinators are available uh, and in, involved uh, in the lives and continue to be involved in the lives of people. Uh, that they serve. On the education side, uh, it's clear through federal law and state law, nothing's been changed to uh, undo the IEP. Getting IEPs done right now are going to be a lot different uh, than what we've seen in the past, I suspect, um, And but to answer your question, clearly the IEP is uh, still in place and uh, uh, part of the uh, uh, special ed uh, 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 part of our system.
0: Now, Rick, I have some parents or some questions from our parents. And, uh, for instance, my son um, doesn't do schoolwork at home. It's written into the IEP. For many of us, our home is our safe space and our sanctuary. And uh, so I'm wondering, uh, the change of placement piece of our rights, are we... Um, we don't have to have technology in our homes if we don't if we don't want it, do we? Do we have to comply with what the school is telling us that we should be doing?
1: The bottom line is that uh, you know the individual program plan is, uh, as you know, a, a, a contract, a, 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 a document that's uh, uh, that is negotiated uh, with with schools and with uh, individual families. And quite frankly, we haven't seen anything like this ever uh, in in the history of, uh, of our state. Um, the providers who provide these services in the classroom. Are uh, more than willing and wanting to continue the continuity of services that, that children have been um, uh, receiving in the classroom. But the bottom line is, you know, the parents really have the last say in this. And if you you object to not having, for whatever reason, I mean, most families want to continue their uh, school-based uh, programs at home so that the gains uh, that have been made uh, in the school, in the classroom uh, don't get lost in this transition, but for whatever reason, it's based on the individual choice. So. Um, you know at some point uh, your i e p will likely you'll have to have an i e p meeting and and readjust your um readjust your ieps for in your case no home program but I can tell you there are thousands of families in this state that are really clamoring, and school districts in many cases since we have nearly a thousand individual school districts in california, some have been reluctant to even uh provide those services in the home when families are begging to have those and providers want to provide those services.
0: Yes, last week I spent a week looking for providers to interview because some of our speech therapists weren't being paid at school and they were looking for work. And of course I wanted to support those families that needed and wanted therapy in the home. So we have families that have different needs all over the spectrum. So those That's, are the the questions the questions I wanted to talk to you about today.
1: Yeah, no, and 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 again, I mean, you know, unlike the regional center system which has a eligibility based, it's an eligibility-based system. So for instance with the autism spectrum, you have to meet a certain criteria of, of severity of autism in order to become a regional center client in schools, you know, with free and appropriate uh, education, every child, regardless of what level of disability and ability they have, is entitled to free and appropriate education. So it's much more complicated uh, on the school level. Not that the regional center system is not complicated; it is and um, um, the level of services that are being provided uh, to that population as well is, is complicated uh, and, uh, and challenging under normal times. Uh, and now that we're facing this situation, it becomes even more um, uh, more, uh, more challenging, let's put it that way.
0: Well, so last week I had spoken with some advocates in California, and they were concerned, and maybe you can explain this, um With the stimulus package um that faith and idea uh were under scrutiny and is there a reason for that?
1: you know um I think you know if you if you look at all these programs and all of the rights that we have. Uh, It's like a ball of uh, yarn. I mean, things have been, you know, added to and added to over the years. And I think uh, that, you know, folks in Washington are looking at ways to unravel some things in order to to make it easier to get things done. Um, I can tell you here in California, you know, uh, the uh, amount of uh, pressure that's under uh, in our state government to utilize federal dollars for programs is, is immense uh in our regional center system for instance it's a 9 billion dollar program and about uh you know 40% of that money comes from the federal government so it's a huge percentage uh and in education and all these programs uh there's just a lot of um, a lot of red tape quite frankly on uh, requiring uh the state to do certain things in order to to um uh, be able to access these dollars and i think uh and again i'm not totally up to speed on what's going on on the the federal level because it's changing so so quickly, but uh, it's always good to keep an eye on what is going on there and to uh, uh, access uh, advocacy when necessary if things seem to be going too far.
0: Okay. So um, maybe you can keep us posted on some of these things a little later on. Rick, is there a way that our listeners would be able to? Uh, do you have a website? Uh, no, I, I
1: don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have a website. Uh, as I mentioned, I uh, am a, a contract lobbyist, essentially a legislative advocate uh, in, in my profession. Also, a parent. Uh, and uh, I've been uh, very busy, as you can imagine, uh, with my clients, uh, with the uh, ABA providers who in many cases are struggling to get the payers uh, to uh, continue to pay for services and to be flexible enough to provide services in different locations now that schools, for instance, are closed down and uh, families uh, have their typical kids at home and their kids with dis- dis- disabilities at, co- at home, the moving as quickly as we can to try to implement telehealth and telemedicine in those cases where it's appropriate, uh, and uh, uh, there's just a lot of challenges on that side. And then on the regional center's side, of course, you know, I'm very, very busy with lots of uh, issues, including, you know, what's going to happen after all the dust settles on this uh, with the state budget. Uh, our state budget here in California is heavily reliant essentially on a a handful of zip codes of uh, 1% uh, wage earners. In California, um, our state budget is funded 70% by the income tax and half of that income tax is paid paid with money from the 1% wage earners and of that, a, there's a huge percentage of those dollars come from capital gains, and we all have seen what's happening with the stock market and all of that. So there's just a, a lot. There's a lot on uh, all of our plates right now.
0: Well, I would be delighted if you'd come back and talk to us after the dust settles. I'd so, be Rick, happy to. I want to thank you. For, I want to thank you for your time today. And um, if you'll hang on a minute, I'll say goodbye to our our listeners, and I'd like to talk to you for just a few minutes.
1: Sure. So thank absolutely. you,
0: Rick, and And thank you, listeners. Please uh, like, subscribe, share, and donate to Autism One. We can use all the help we can get this year. So um, we'll see you next time. Thank you.